call today's podcast from the North Wahala Church of God. Pastor Neil encourages you to not give up. Today's message is from Sunday evening, April 22nd, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. Would you stand with me, please, as we go to God's Word tonight? I want to preach an encouraging message to someone. Since I've been here, I've really not preached a sermon from the Psalms itself. So tonight will be a little different for me. It may not be a long message, but my intent is to encourage, to inspire someone to not give up hope, to practice Hebrews 10 and 35. Do not throw away thy confidence, for there shall come a great recompense of reward. The right of Hebrews knowing if we would just hang on to his hand, if we would hold on to the hand of the Lord, that that we're going through will not overtake us. And the reward for our labor will be worth it in the end if we will remain faithful. I believe I'm preaching to some faithful people tonight. I look over to my right and I saw Chris Burton over here, his lovely wife Whitney, beautiful daughter. It wasn't about two weeks ago now that we were in the hospital. In a moment, in a moment, his life has turned upside down. His father has a stroke. His father is a healthy man, much healthier than I, to be honest with you. He's a little older than I am, but much healthier. That morning when they got up, they did not know that by nightfall, that for a season, their life is going to be turned upside down. So what do you do when life happens like this? What do you do when somebody like Chris and Whitney who drive, who love our college and career, they have a special service coming up for the whole church to show them their labor and what they're doing. But it doesn't mean that they're exempt from struggles and trials. It doesn't mean that God's not gonna let them go through anything. But it does mean this though, that when we go through those trials, he is faithful. And he is still a sovereign and true God. And if we will do what Hebrews 10 and 35 says, we shall reap a harvest of reward. Amen. I want to preach. I want to be very pastoral tonight, if you allow me. Verse 1 of Psalms 46. Joy's going to have it for you. God is. Somebody say, God is. It's a declaration. God is our refuge and strength. Two different things. And a very present help in trouble. Therefore, this is it, a proclamation now. Therefore, we will not. Our minds are made up. We will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, he goes to the greatest extreme possible. He's not going to deal with these little trivial things. He goes to the greatest extreme possible. It says, even if the earth be removed and the mountains be crashed and carried into the midst of the sea, Though as waters roar and be troubled, though the mountain shakes with selling, excuse me, with swelling, Selah, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is there in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. I want to preach for a few moments tonight. I want to encourage somebody and I will remind you who your God is if you would allow me for a few minutes. Would you stretch your hands this way? Brother Ramirez, right where you're standing, would you ask God to give the people ears to hear? Amen. Would you do that, please?
Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach on our sufficient God tonight. Psalms 46, there is some debate about the actual story behind the story. The psalmist does not give us great detail of the events. It's more of a picture painting of who our God is in their time of trouble. A lot of theologians believe this is where the king of Assyria assaults King Hezekiah. And they laid siege to the city to bombard it, to really choke the life out of the people of God in the book of Kings I'm speaking of that most believe that this is what it's speaking of I cannot prove that you cannot disprove that it's just kind of gives reference I, I will not spend a lot of time upon that but use it as maybe a backdrop to compare it and apply it to our personal life but we do know this though Psalms 46 was written out of the crucible or, or, or the strongest struggle of extreme adversity possible and it also provides, though, that even though we go to the extreme of adversity, that our God is not smaller than that adversity. Saying to you and I tonight that no matter what extreme the crisis is in your life, as I spoke about our brother to my right, no matter if it's health, finances, marriage, or something that's going on in your life, your, your greatest extreme, cancer, sickness, leukemia, divorce is knocking on the door. I want you to know tonight that God is still able to do what God has said he can do tonight. I believe we're living in a time where church people, we can shout in the good seasons. That's good. Any, anybody can do that. When Clemson or Carolina is winning, everybody likes to be a fan. But let them start losing. Let them have a couple losing seasons and you'll see who the real fans are. Where church people are the same way. They want to go to the church that's on a high. They want to go to a, a place of the highest point of worship. But let me tell you something, sweetheart, tonight. There's going to come a time in your life, on your job, with your children, with your father, finances or with your health, there's going to come a time that you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to be like Job. And the Bible said there was a day. And it doesn't say what day. It doesn't give the month. It doesn't give the year. It doesn't give the time frame. It just says there was a day. See, when you have one of those type days, you don't have to say well, it was May of 1942. You don't name it by the date. You name it by the situation. You know, it was the year when grandma died. It, it was the year that daddy was diagnosed with cancer. It was the year that John, our child, got in a car wreck. It was the year that we had our first miscarriage. See, you don't call it by May or April or, or April the 16th. You just say it was the year that we buried our first child. See, when those days come in your life, that's when the enemy wants to press you and test the sufficiency of our God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. When these tragedies strike, it is at that point that God wants to prove to us, no matter how emotional, physical, spiritual, that these situations are not bigger than our God, but our God is sufficient. And in his sufficiency, we can lay refuge on him and learn that our strength is in him. Mike preached about this Wednesday night, about in our weakness, that's where God's strength is perfected. First of all tonight, let's go back to the scripture, verse one. I want to show you that trouble will strike in your life. It's going to rain on the just as well as the unjust. Hello. I know you talk in tongues all day long. I know you saw 35 angels and two cherubims on the way over. I know that I know that you gave out four messages, and I'm not trying to be little that. I believe in the power of Pentecost. I am, I'm Pentecostal all the way down to my belly button. 
Hello? And right now it's a big belly button. Are you listening? I'm Pentecostal. I get that. But I also understand this. Just because you're spiritual does not exempt you from tragedy and struggle and crisis. I do not understand people who testify like this. God's been good to me. Well, he's been good to me. I get that part. And I have never struggled since I've been saved. I don't understand that testimony. I don't find it scriptural. I don't find it biblical. And I don't feel it be God-led or God-breathed. That's not a testimony to me. The old African-American church used to say it like this. You can't have a testimony until you have a test. And when you have a test, then you have a testimony. Because up to that point, you're just preaching somebody else's sermon. You're telling them. It's like, it's like the young man preaching about marriage who just started preaching at 16. You want to ask him, boy, have you been married yet? He says, no. They say, come back to me in 20 years and tell me about marriage. Some of the husbands are with me now. I preach it, preacher. I'm with you now. Don't, you, you don't understand until you go through something. You can't tell me about the faithfulness of our God. But that's what the writer is saying right here. He was letting us know that it's going to rain. The winds are going to blow. Just because you're doing the will of God doesn't mean you're exempt from struggle. In John 6 and 7, when Jesus tells him to go over to the other side, it should not have been a long journey. And it should have been right up the coast where they could have picked Jesus up along the way. But the winds begin to blow that night. And it pushed them off. Of course, they were doing the divine will of God. Listen to me. The enemy wants to push you off course and get you out of the will of God. That's why you should not make a big decision in an emotional state of mind. Well, the enemies come against us, baby. I lost my job. We're going to quit church. That's not a time to quit church. That's a time to keep doing what you're doing. It's going to have trouble. Trouble will strike in your life. The psalmist mentions this because he goes to, he speaks of global changes, severe earthquakes and storms and wars in the first two verses. Hebrews 11 speaks of this in the hallmark of faith. He says the world is not even worthy to mention their name. Who were these people? Those that were vagabonds, those that were sown asunder, those that were burned alive for the kingdom of the, God, the, the gospel. Excuse me. He says the world's not worthy to mention their name. I don't know what struggle you're going through tonight, but I come to let you know, just because you're in a struggle does not mean God's against you. And it does not mean that you're doing anything wrong. I want to stress that to somebody. You buried your spouse and somebody's going to tell you if you had just had faith enough, they wouldn't have died. I'm your pastor and I'm telling you, don't you believe that junk tonight. Brother, no, you don't believe God can heal and raise the dead? I sure do. But I do not believe he's going to do that for everybody because this world is not our end all. Why would God keep all of us alive here at this earth if we're coming back one day to rule and reign? That's somebody trying to get your money when you're at your worst emotional state. Your child has cancer, so they're preying on your emotions. I'm your pastor, and I come to let you know tonight, don't you believe that God is not mad at you. He said for those that live godly in this world, there are going to be times that you're going to suffer persecution. I didn't like it when I had two throat surgeries. I didn't like spending all last summer in Charleston watching my daddy look like he was dying before our eyes. Last week, one of my closest friends in ministry 
ministry. Elwood Freeman had pastor appreciation on Sunday. And on Monday morning, he died of a massive heart attack. I didn't like bearing my friend on Wednesday of last week. He was about to retire. I don't understand the plans of God, but I want you to know this tonight. God is not mad at that family, but God's ways are above my ways and my thoughts tonight. So I've got to let his wife know that this is not it. God is not mad at you, but I will tell you in your extreme adversity, God is still faithful. Come on, give God praise. Quickly, not only will trouble strike the godly as the ungodly, but also in this struggle, I want you to know that God is sufficient for you. You notice he said, God is our refuge. It was a statement that was a declaration. It was saying, devil, cancer, crisis, we're letting you know in verse one, if Hezekiah is being seized by the king of Assyria, we're letting you know out there, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know this, I'm gonna trust in the one God, and he is my strength, and he is my, my shield, and if my father has a stroke, or if I have cancer in my body, devil, I want you to know, God is my refuge. Not drugs, not alcohol, not perversion of the flesh. I'm not gonna run all over this world. I'm not gonna pay soothsayers. I'm not gonna chase charlatans. I'm not gonna run after preachers. I'm gonna stand in my prayer closet. I'm gonna stand in my Sunday school class. I'm gonna stand at North Walhalla and declare, I don't know how, and I don't know when God's gonna deliver me, but I'm letting you know, God is. He's what he's talking about. He's our healer, our provider, our refuge, and our strength. God is. See, when you can say that tonight, you can do like this family over here in the hospital. We don't know why this happened. We don't understand why this happened. We don't know why God allowed this, but I still know this. God is who he says that he is. I come and preach to somebody encouragement tonight. Don't you let the devil get in your ear and tell you that you're not doing the will of God. Don't you let the devil beat you down and tell you if you gave this or done that or done this, these things wouldn't have happened. These things are gonna happen at times, but hold on to the mighty hand of God and don't lose hope tonight. Just give me 10 minutes. I'm not gonna keep you long. There are three things that were mentioned here. First of all, in verses one and three, God is a refuge when the world is being turned upside down. Now I know that's natural, but I also believe it's, it's also in the supernatural of your life. Because I've never seen the world turn completely upside down. Even though I do remember Hurricane Hugo. Anybody remember that? If you live on that side of Columbia, trust me, and you're above 30 years of age, you remember Hurricane Hugo. Two weeks without power. Some of you ladies, your hair will look really bad by now. Amen? <laughs> Taking showers by a pump in the woods. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, my world was turned upside down. But I also believe that when your world is turned upside down and the waters are raging in your life and you've tithed and you've been faithful, but you've lost your job. Are you listening? I come to let you know God is 
still God. The second thing he mentions in verse 4 and 7 is that when the, when the raging of nations come against you, God is still your source of strength. In the last three verses, when people come against you, God is still ruler over all people. Now let me break these down and I'll close tonight. If you understand these things in these three situations, then God will prevail in your life. The first one was a catastrophic of natural disasters. The, when the worst of the worst happens, he wants you to know that God is your refuge and you can run to him for relief and comfort. When your worst day happens, Job, and there was a day. Don't run away from God. Run to God. Why, when tragedy happens, do we get mad at God? People who don't believe in God get mad at God. Why did God allow 9-11? Why did God allow this? People who don't want to speak his name, they get mad at him. Church people do as well. You take it personal that God has a vendetta against you. Don't you run from God. In your trouble, you run to him and you grab a hold of him as a place of refuge. And if you grab a hold of him as a place of refuge, then you will discover that his strength is available and perfected in your weakness and will fight for your life. How can you make it? I'll tell you how. Because you're not relying on natural strength, but supernatural. Chris, I'm not trying to embarrass you tonight, but I, I believe I got a word for you. I know that right now you're having to do your job and your, your father's job. And I know right now you don't know how you're going to do both. Take care of two homes. But I'm telling you in your weakness, your time of trouble, that's where God's supernatural strength is revealed to you. Your anointing will grow in this struggle greater than any other season of your life. Can somebody say amen tonight? Are you listening? Look to your neighbor and say amen. Not only will your strength grow, it's available to you at all times. It's admitted. You understand, since God is your refuge, he fights for you in his power. And since he has power, if you understand that, you also understand that that power is ever-present. He said he is a very present help in my time of trouble. Are you listening? He's not like some of those church people that show up when all the work is done. Hello? Come on, somebody. The other night, we were washing dishes after cooking for a bunch of church people. And I was washing, I was cleaning some things, and all of a sudden, Russell Baldwin shows up. <laughs> Can I help you? Me and Port Dino, we've been out there working for hours. God, I'm stretching this just a little bit, amen. <laughs> Don't strike me yet, God, hold off on that. That's, that's evangelist, my evangelist coming out in me, amen. All of a sudden, Russell shows up and says, you boys need some help? Well, we did about 35 minutes ago when you were busy eating some ribs and all that over there while we were washing dishes. See, that's how some people are. They may have the help that you need, but they're not ready to give you that help. The psalmist says, not only is God is my refuge, but when I need him, he is there. Thank God that he's Jehovah Shammah, that the presence of the Lord is always manifested to, believe, to the believer at all times of your life. It means in the car wreck, he is not a sanctuary God. He is not a tabernacle God. In the nursing home, in the funeral home, I was visiting Sister Iona the other day and we had church right there, Iona Nichols, in the middle of a nursing home. I come and let somebody know you have a present God. Your God is there fighting your battles. And not only is he fighting for you while you're praying your prayer closet for your children. God will go right where your children are at and fight for them because of your prayers. He's a present God in your trouble. He's present, therefore he is sufficient. 
since he is sufficient. Secondly, tonight, it speaks of not only him being there, but he says, if you go with me, please, a little bit down, brother, in verse five, he lets us know that when these events happen, he's a refuge and a strength and a present God. But he also says in the middle of the battle that God will spring up water to sustain you. I'll come and let somebody know tonight, your source should not be in men, but your source is still in God. They tell us that the backstory of this, that when the king of Assyria seized Hezekiah in the city, that there was no water. But what they did not know, that previously Hezekiah had already found a cistern, a cistern, excuse me, and had water on standby that they did not know about. I come to let somebody know tonight, my God has supernatural strength that the devil does not know about. I don't know how you're going to bury your parent, but let me tell you this. The Holy Ghost will help you get through what you got to get through. I, I know what I'm preaching about tonight. I don't know how I could go through what you went through, or I don't know how I could go through what you went through. And, and they tell you that. Listen, while they're patting you on the back, that's good. But don't let them bring you down. And don't let them lip puff you up. You let them know there was, a, there was a source that you did not know about. There was a hidden source that you cannot see. There is an unseen hand, devil, that you don't know about. And that unseen hand is Jehovah God tonight. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'll tell you how. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I don't know how, Pastor, I can do this. My husband left me. I, I'm not preaching divorce to you. I want to see you restored. But let me tell you, the same God that was there with you on your wedding day will be the same God with you today. And he'll be the strength for you in your time of struggle. And he'll let you know you will make it because of that unseen supernatural source that's available to you. Pastor Nolan, I lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I do. Because he's the unseen hand that provides the fish and loaves. Don't be like the church people that make him king out of the physical bread. Be like the, those who make him king out of the supernatural spiritual bread. Are you listening tonight? I'm not preaching down at you. I'm preaching to encourage you. You're going to make it tonight. Brother Nolan, I, I, I don't know how. He's still the God that takes you down by the brook. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's still the God that feeds by the ravens. Hello? If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's an Old Testament story where God makes provision and makes the need met unseen. I feel him tonight. Somebody needs to hear this. You don't know how you're going to make it. He might send you to the widow's house. She might just have a little bit of oil left. But let me tell you, when God's in it, that little bit becomes, and I know this is terrible English, but it becomes a lot of bit, as they say in the PD. That little bit becomes more than enough in God. Now, I know it may be old-fashioned preaching, but you need to hear this old-fashioned preaching tonight because I'm telling you, there's going to be a limitation upon your power. And sooner or later, there is going to be a limitation to your checkbook. And sooner or later, there's going to be a limitation to what you can do in the physical. But there are no limitations on Jehovah God. He is more than enough. Joy, I feel him. <laughs> Sister Lucy, I feel him tonight. Sister Collins... He's your provider tonight. 
I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Sister Collins, he's your provider tonight. You're going to make it. I don't know what that means, but I know what the Spirit of God's telling me. He is your provider. You're not going to fall by the wayside. God will provide in your life. Oh, I wish you would worship with me tonight. I told you I've been sitting on go about this night tonight. Somebody needs to know. Somebody needs to know that there is an unseen supply that Satan cannot taint or turn around, but is available to the believer. Lord, tonight what you need will be available to you when you need it. I feel the Holy Ghost. It will be available to you when you need it. You don't have to worry about a sister. You let Justin know whatever we need, it will be there when we need it. God will provide. And when you know that, you can get up in the morning and say, God, I don't know what the day holds and I don't know how I'm going to make it through, but I know this. The same God that woke me up will be the same God that will keep me. And when I lay my head down tonight, it will be the same God that brought me every step of the way. I won't have to praise the man. I won't have to praise the overseer. I won't have to pat Pastor Nolan on the back. I know that I know that I know that he is more than able to provide and keep me in my time of struggle and in my time I won't tonight. Lastly, as I close, he is sovereign. The last three, ver three verses of this, let us know he is God. Verse 10, if you pull that up. He is God and he alone will be exalted in all of the earth. I don't get caught up in all this politics stuff. I, some people, they lose, lose their mind. Listen to me. Church politics, family politics. You don't know why? God sits one up and God sits one down. Brother Nolan, what way do you lean? I lean holiness and righteousness. Are you listening? Brother Nolan, who are you going to fight for? Jehovah God. You want to know why? Because he is sovereign. I'm going to take y'all back a little bit. Just give me a second. You remember Y2K? You remember that? Are you old enough to remember that? No, amen. <laughs> I remember Y2K. We were all called, we always hit the back where I'm from. They still have church service on New Year's Eve. So that wasn't new, but it was packed out that night. Nobody was shooting fireworks that night. We all thought the world was going to come to an end. That the computer was going to flip back, back to 1899, which that might not be too bad. Amen. But everybody was worried. Everybody thought the world, it was going to collapse. Our money, people were taking money out of the bank. I went and took my dollar 47 cent out of the bank and I buried it up under the bed. Are you listening? I, was, I knew it would be sufficient at least for a biscuit the next day at Hardy's. People, we don't know what we're going to do. Fear. People writing books on it. You can go to a Christian bookstore. What to do with the crisis of Y2K. I, and I'm not putting anybody down. I believe you should put back. I believe you should save money. I believe you should have some canned goods put back. I, I, that's not a bad thing. But I don't believe you should lose your mind if you understand that God is sovereign. That means he rules and reigns. And there's not an imp or devil in hell that can overthrow Jehovah God. And when Y2K happened, it passed over. At, we started worshiping. And at 1201, everybody was looking around with one eye because you didn't want to be unspiritual, right? And then you want to make sure 
that you watch was right. And then by 12.05, you realize it's going to be okay. I come to let somebody know tonight it's going to be okay. God is still in control. Oh, I said God is still in control. You may not understand it. You may not understand his plans. You may feel like he's forgot about you. But can I tell you, it may just be that God is setting you up for the greatest miracle of your life. Some of you, he's pushing you out of your comfort zone. Some of you, you would have trusted the chariots and horses of man, but now God is calling you to stand up. So don't be afraid tonight. Realize he's your refuge, your strength, your present help, and he's a sovereign God who is raising you up for such a time as this. I want the singers to come on tonight. We're going to worship a little bit. I want the praise team to come on back up here as I close. I come to let somebody know he is your God. What are you fearing tonight? Oh, Holy Ghost. Hmm. I'm preaching a very pastoral message. Somebody left this morning and said he preached hard. That's probably because they got bondage in their life. But you call them back up when you get home and say you should have been there tonight. I come to preach to somebody tonight. You said, Pastor, the cards, the decks are stacked against me. Look at me, look at me. No, they're not. Chris, you're going to make it tonight, my friend. Sister Collins, I want to tell you one more time, he's a provider. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Would you stand with me, please? Can we not get in a hurry just for a moment? I told you I wasn't going to preach long. Dwight Moody, he's already spoke to you, hadn't he? Would you come here and let me pray with you? I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. He's your provision, son. Herschel, stand behind him. Give me some men. Give me some men. Help me. Come on, Father. Holy Ghost. Ah, you're going to make it. Come on, Daddy. Lift your hands, son. Yesterday's gone. You got to let it go. You ready? He's more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You've been limiting God, saying, God, I did this, so just give me this. Quit telling God what to give you and say, God, give me what you want me to have. Oh, goodness. Did you feel that? Oh, God's sanctifying tonight. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. Oh, fill him with the Holy Ghost, God, tonight. Hallelujah. (laughs) Gentlemen, come on. Did you feel that? God, by faith. By faith. I wish I had somebody to worship the Lord with me right now. I wish I had about three people that weren't afraid to get out of the pew and give God some praise in this house. I'm not trying to work anything up. I'm telling you, God's in the house. Go ahead, Dwight. Don't stop, son. You sing. If you want to sing that, I don't care. Is there anybody in this house say, Pastor, 
You've reminded me that God is faithful, but I want you to lay your hand on me and pray for Would you come out right now? Step out right now. Anyone, anyone in this house, anyone in this house, anyone in this house. Come on, sister. Oh, my. Oh, Jan. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on. By faith, give me some ladies. Ladies, ladies, come, come. Victoria, help me. Father, in Jesus' name, he's more than able. The door may be shut with man, but it's not shut with God. Oh, Holy Ghost. Father, in Jesus' name, he's a door opener. I am still your God, saith the Lord. I do fight for you. And I am your protection this night. My word was given to you to encourage you to look to me again. I see your struggles. I know your trials and your crisis, saith the Lord. But am I not your God? Have I not been faithful to you? Come back to me again. Let me prove myself to you, and I will, saith the Lord. I'll show you my hand, and I'll show you my provision. I'll show you my warmth, and I'll show you my grace. I will cover you, saith the Lord. Those, your enemies who fight against you, they shall not prevail, saith the Lord. I shall smite them down with my right hand. I will push you forth, and they will know that it was my hand and not yours, saith the Lord. Receive this word. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands and honor God tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost. I wish I had a, would you get out of your pew tonight let's worship? Would you get out of your pew you say, Pastor, nothing's going on. Well, would you come down here and just give God praise for his faithfulness? Diane, I want to pray for you tonight. Diane Smith, I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Come on, worship, worship. Come on, church, worship, worship, worship. For who he He's a way maker. You may not have seen, but he's working. He's a way maker. There's an unseen hand, sister. I haven't said that in a long time. There's an unseen hand at work right now. Don't you give up the horses and you keep working. Somebody worship him. Worship him. Stay right there. I want y'all to help me pray for Taylor tonight. Would you help me pray for Taylor, please? Bless his name. 
Holy Spirit, stay with me. Bless His name. An unseen hand, amen. Bless His name. An unseen hand works when we don't see it. For who He's already working. You see, He's a healer. He's a way maker, sister. God, give her wisdom. He's a healer. He's a healer. That's who he is. He's my redeemer. He's my redeemer. He's my redeemer. That's who he is. He's a waymaker. He's a waymaker. He's a waymaker. That's who he is. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. Holy Ghost. He's Jesus. Oh. He's Jesus. That's who he is. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. That's who he is. Somebody needs to know that tonight. Your God's not going to fail you. Amen. I want you to testify to that person standing beside you. I want you to tell them how God's been faithful to you. Would you do that right now? Would you do that right now? Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to scare you. Just tell them. Just tell them. Just tell them. Madison, tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Ronnie, tell Wayne. Wayne needs to know about the faithfulness of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Come on. Tommy, tell Russell. Russell needs to know. Hallelujah. Jose, he's been good to me. He's been good to me. He's fought every battle for me. Every battle, Lacey. Every battle. Come on, somebody. Give me two more minutes. Every battle, God's won for me. Every battle, every battle, every battle. He's undefeated. Brother Marchbanks, he's undefeated. He's, he's a triumphant God who loves his people, who fights, who fights, who fights for his people. Can somebody say amen? Come on, give God the biggest hand of praise. Amen. Oh, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I believe I could take off running. I don't know if I got the stamina, Brother Godwin, to get back, but I believe I could take off. Amen. God's in the house. I want to do one more thing. Just stay with me just for another moment. I want us to pray for Chris and Whitney Burton tonight. Whitney, if you'll get a hold of Chris's hand. If y'all would come down here in the middle so everybody can gather around you. I want to pray for them tonight. College of Career, if you would come up here, please. Teenagers, if you would desire. Pastor Russell, help me. Jessica, I'm going to let you leave. Oh, I know what that means. You obey the Lord. I know what that means. I've seen that look before. You obey the Lord. 
as they sing softly, Russell, uh, I want you to assist Jessica. Jessica, you obey the Lord. Let's go. Stretch your hand this way. If you don't know, you should know by now, but if you don't, Chris's father had a major stroke. Ooh, Holy Ghost. Oh, I just felt the wind of heaven. Yes. You obey the Lord, girl. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Jessica, you take the lead. Nobody else take the lead. Y'all just assist her. I'm telling you, God's helping her right now. Right now, you obey the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. He's God. He's God. He's God. Tony, on the mountain or in the valley, he's still God. Yes. Though the mountain be cast down, Chris, he is your refuge and strength. Your world was turned upside down, but let me tell you, God still holds that same world. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Worship him, Chris. Worship now. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. This is name. A healer, Danny. Yes, he is. <laughs> give me three people that believe that God can heal his daddy right now. Give me, oh, give me three people that believe God right now. Give me three, give me three people that believe right now. Rusty, he's still a healer tonight. Yes. Oh, yes. Russell, stay right there. I want to do one more thing. Nancy, lay your hand on Russell. I'm burning for Kevin Gaskew, and I don't know why. I was going to know his wife, but she left. Would you lay your hand and pray for him? Father, God, maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's just because he's been away from church. God, the enemy would like to lay trap. But the devil's a lie tonight. God, we pray for our brother that, God, you continue his growth process. That, God, he will continue to grow in you. And even though the enemy would come try to hinder God, we know that's an attack of the enemy, but God, we know that you are prevailing. And God, we pray that you are prevailed in his life. So we pray for our brother tonight. God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, we ask all things. Amen. 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 Lacey, come up real quick, Lacey. When you lay your hand on a father, touch Lacey tonight. Let her take that next step of ministry. 
And I'm not talking about pulpit ministry, but on the daily walk, God, the next doors that need to be opened, let her walk through them. And when you prompt her to lay a hand on somebody for prayer, let her not be worried about what they think. But God, let her be obedient to what you've spoken in her spirit. Let it be so. Obedience is better than any sacrifice that can ever be made. Let her walk in that obedience, God. Knowing that's where the miracles are manifested. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. High five your neighbor and tell them that God is sufficient. Would you do that for me, please, as we close? Amen. I almost got you out of here by 7 o'clock. Look at there. Amen. Are, are you glad that you came to God's house tonight? Amen. Can we give God the biggest praise? Listen to me. Before we close, I'm going to dismiss you. I'll be teaching Wednesday night. We have a great Wednesday night crowd. A few of you have been laying out a little bit, though. I don't want to call anybody out. Come be with us this Wednesday night. We continue our series on the tabernacle. We're still in the, the holy place, not the most holy place. We're going to be talking about that third piece of furniture. I, you want to be here this, this Wednesday night. I will be going on Monday and Tuesday to Cleveland. I will be back late Tuesday night. So please be with us. I will not be in prayer meeting tomorrow night. But uh, prayer meeting will still be here. Please come out and be a part of that. But pray for me as we have safe travel to Cleveland. My lovely wife and my boys, of course, will still be here in Wahala. So check on them for me, please. I love each of you. You are a great church and you are good people. Amen. Amen. Sister Collins, would you come here quickly? Let me pray with you before I go. I'm going to let you go. This will be the last thing I do. Mm -hmm. What a sweet lady right here. She's not strange from ministry. She's done ministry all of her life. Where's Jessica? She done gone. She left on me. Jessica, come here, please. Amen. 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 Thank you. Sheila, would you come here, please? I want my wife and Sheila to pray for you. Is that all right? You are a sweet lady. And with all honor and respect, I want these ladies to pray with you because you deserve much, much more. You've paid the way for me and all of us to have ministry like we have. And would you stretch your hand this way? Will you let's sing a little bit of that? Can we sing just a little bit of that? Father. Just sing just a little bit of this. Spirit. Stay. Come on, sing, church, sing. Let's worship. For these blessings, we've been blessed tonight. <laughs> oh, that's good by itself. If you can't worship with nobody else, you ought to be worshiping for her. If you know her story, that's a praise, that's a sacrifice of praise.
it's going to be worth it. Oh! Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Sweep the house. For these blessings. Come on, one more time, we'll close. And for these blessings, He's been good to me. How about you tonight? He's been good to me. It's been good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Very pastoral tonight. It was meant to be. I love you. And I'm honored to be your pastor. You are good people. Praying for you this week. No matter what comes your way, you let the devil know God is my refuge. He is my strength. And he's a very present help in the time of trouble. I love you. Shake somebody's hand beside of you. Tell them it's good to see them in church tonight. Jessica, if you would, please go to the front door. I'm going to let you greet people as they're leaving. Amen. Amen. Let's give her just a little bit of time to get back there. That's all right. Amen. I believe she just winked at me. I really believe she winked at me. It was some eye that she gave me. I think it was a wink. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It takes her a little longer to get back there. She's, that's that princess walk that she's doing. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of this thing, Chris. I'm digging. Amen. That, that wasn't a wink. That wasn't a wink. That, that wasn't a wink. That, was, that wasn't a wink. <laughs> Let's dismiss in prayer. We can give God praise for the service and then pray for the pastor. Father, we love you and we thank you. My desire is a pastor, God. As an evangelist, we would come and give the word Then it was up to you and the pastor after them. But as a pastor, God, I, I see these people daily. Eat with them, camp with them, go to ball games with them. This is my family. So when they're struggling, God, God, it weighs on me as a man and as a pastor. Tonight, my intent was simply to encourage. That's it. No, no other intent at all. Just to encourage. To let them know that no matter what you're going through, God is there. Father, be with them as they go. Thank you for being so good to me. You have been very good to me. I give you praise. And everyone said, God bless you. You're free to go.